another Hip Hop Tic Tactics exclusive. We've got some good news for you. Tonight, once again, we've got Danny O. It's the return. At Secret Suburbia Studios. Yes, sir. We've got Unlearned, Danny O, TJ Habibi, and myself. Um, We are just on... uh, It's been out, what, a month? The... uh, uh, the album dropped October 4th. October 4th, so just yeah, about a month. Not e- Yeah, not even a month yet, but almost, yeah. And uh, this album, if uh, if our listeners haven't a chance, had a chance to listen to it, The Day It All Changed. The Day It All Changed. <laughs> I, I have a hard copy. I just purchased it. You can do that, too. If you want to uh, yes, hit up Danny O on social media, and uh, he's got hard copies of all his Herbnet CDs. That's right. And you can also go to herbnet.com slash Danny O, D-A-N-E-O, to order it online. So this particular album kind of hit home to me. We were talking about it a little earlier. Yeah, I've man. got a six-year-old daughter. You've got a five-year-old daughter. Yes. It's uh, the definition of what I would call a concept album. Totally, brother. Um, yes, sir. And for any fathers out there with daughters, mm-hmm. this is like that NOS song, Daughters, times yeah. a bazillion. <laughs> Thank for you. For relatability. Yeah. Right. Um, from start to finish, the whole album was completely relatable. And mm-hmm. every song couldn't be skipped because i wanted to hear what was coming next because i could relate to it that's dope man uh i appreciate you saying that and i appreciate so much that you can relate to it because uh as i was telling you off air um there was nothing more important to me in this world than my little girl when it came to writing Mm -hmm. this record like there's no one more important to me than her of course and that's how it's going to be for the rest of my life but when as an artist wanting to create music again there was literally nothing else i could think of in terms of what i cared about to write about you know um and it's amazing that we're actually conducting this interview at secret suburbia studios with my dude tj abibi because he recorded arranged and mixed the whole thing and it was a really amazing collaborative process between myself tj and my producer charisma from monolith because we really really put a lot of heart and soul into this one so thank you for uh obviously acknowledging the concept but i'm so glad you feel it too man because i've never worked harder on a record and there's never been a record that's been more important to me the this one the tracks that have your daughter actually featured on them are the ones that kill me the most (laughs) uh little melina say yeah man that yeah. Is Primo scratching that? No. Yeah, you know, it's funny. <laughs> no, my, my, my dude G-Spot, big shout out to G-Spot. Um, he did the cuts on Lil Elijah Say, which is on my Inevitable album. And Elijah's the son of my producer and brother, and, and brother Charisma. Um, so it just kind of felt natural to mm-hmm. like do a sequel because even when I first initially came up with the concept for this album and just knew where it was going to go, Melina was still kind of young, like young enough where it's like, can she say these words, you know? And then throughout the process of recording it, obviously she got older and you know how quick kids grow. So we brought her in here and um, obviously she nailed it. And to me, um, even though this album originally started with every song kind of having a different uh, point in a conversation with my daughter, I felt, you know what? I'm Danio. I still got to do at least a bars man record on this album. Like I still got to go in and spit and I go, perfect. I'm just going to do a sequel to little Elijah say she said the chorus. So it was just the perfect thing to do. Yeah. Lil Molina say. Lil Molina say. Yeah. Which is basically if anyone, you know, if you aren't totally following my career, you can peep uh, both little Elijah say and little Molina say are just my going in on bars, but um, with a kind of cool chorus. That's one of our kids being, cut and scratched by g-spot big shout to pots and pans radio my dude g-spot uh did the cuts on both tracks beauty yeah man that was a fun one bro definitely and you've even got there was one on there i had to laugh 
Because yeah. you're like, okay, honey, this one's not for you yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the Deadbeat diss track is the one that you're talking about. And like I said, you're right, it's a concept album, but every song is a different topic. Mm. This one was specific to the struggle that fathers, good fathers face yes. at the hands of so many bad fathers out there. Um, especially anybody who's ever had to deal with the family court system. Yes. You know that it, it is the one, if there's one thing in life that is anti-man, it's the family court system. Um, and if you if you can, stay the, can I cuss on the show? Yes. Stay the fuck out of court if you can. However, if you have to and you have no choice because you're a real dad who refuses to accept this idea of being the uh, unimportant parent out of the duo, then you have to go all out to... Um, fight for your child and unfortunately there are way too many men who don't do that mm-hmm. and forget fighting for their child they just don't show up period whether you're paying and, and and there's an interesting point i want to po- point out about this song is that a lot of deadbeat dads are not in their children's lives and they don't pay to anything towards their children's lives and i definitely think if you're not part of your kid's life you should be paying child support however as the song notes very strongly child support is not raising your kid Raising your kid is raising your kid. Absolutely. So my point and one of the strong points that I felt necessary to make in the record is even if you are paying child support, but you're choosing not to raise your child. I'm not talking about the guys who are who want to be in their child's life and the mother doesn't let them. I'm talking about the guys who have every opportunity mm-hmm. and don't take them. Like, fuck those guys. And I just thought as an MC who grew up sort of battle rapping, entering talent shows and contests and always spitting bars, I thought, and I say it in the track, you know what? I don't really care that much about whack MCs anymore. Whack MCs are going to be whack. Whack rappers are going to exist and we're going to know they're whack. Who really needs to be dissed this time around? I'm too old for this MC shit. Deadbeat dads. Let me diss the deadbeat dads. Yeah, so this time around they had to get it. So love that joint for sure, man. <laughs> um, it reminded me of a, it reminds me of a conversation I had today actually with a good friend of mine who's actually a great father. But he Lord. mentioned that, that after work, he had to vote and then babysit the rest of the night. Right. I'm like, oh, who are you babysitting? Like, I thought he was like babysitting right. other kids. <clears throat> right. If it's your own kid, it's not babysitting. It's not babysitting. Yeah, yeah. I'm 1000% in agreement with you, uh, especially because I've had those words used to describe the time I've had with my daughter. I'm like, what are you? I'm parenting. Yeah. This is my child. Mm-hmm. No one's paying me to do it, nor would I request payment for it. Like, I am parenting my child. And I agree with you. It's not that maybe it was just sort of one of those didn't mean it that way so oh, of, of course, the tongue yeah. kind of thing but it's unfortunate that we've been put in that position like yep. guys are the secondary parent and that is not right it's no. incorrect and it's and it's it is pushed too much um i've even i've even there was a story that i think my daughter was either reading or writing as part of a class assignment in her kindergarten class and as part of what i don't know if they do this with your daughter's school they'll, they'll have, there's like this this app where they can message the parents. So yes. they message the parents about the story and the stories about some character. I think it's a little bear or a dog. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. it says, Oh, you know, he loves his mommy and then all these different things. And I'm like, fucks the guy's dad. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I messaged him like, where, how come, well, I can't remember the kid's name. How come Charlie don't love his dad? And like, Oh yeah, you're right. And it's just, <laughs> it just seems to be like this purveying thing that if there's one parent, it's the mom we're going to, and, yeah, I'm not about in my building even. Yeah, um, they had they no longer exist, but they had this thing, and I'll, I credit where I live. They got a lot of cool stuff in there, which is nice. But they had this <laughs> thing called um, Moms and Tots, which mm-hmm. like this weekly thing they were holding in like a room in the building for young parents and their toddlers if they need you know to get out of the house or yeah. you know. And and I'm like, why is it called Moms and Tots? 
Our dad's not allowed. Oh, of course, sir. You know, you're absolutely welcome. Like, it's called moms for, t- and t- you know. I'm, 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 I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. I call it out. You want equality? Pay the bill. Yeah. Um. Straight. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, that was definitely an important statement throughout the album. For sure. You know, it, it's funny. Recently, and I, I, I can't give credit to who it was, but I saw it on Facebook where there was some advertisement, uh, I think for like a... I don't know what it was. Maybe some transit company. And the photo had like this woman and her children on the train. Mm-hmm. And then someone used that uh, advertisement and put it on Facebook and said, what's with, you know, things like this? Where's where's the father? Yeah. Right. And someone responded to that by going, well, the father's taking the picture, which I thought, OK, maybe. But that's not what the picture is showing. That's you would not have what it's to conveying, think no. of, it's not conveying that. That's the point. And so there became this thing on Facebook, not that it was super viral or anything, but hashtag father in the picture. And people were calling to put pictures of fathers when they're kids. And I just posted my album cover, mm. you know, I'm like, here's one. But but that's, yeah, it was a nice little promo. Uh, yeah. But no, but the point was like, you know, acknowledge that, you yes. know, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it, it was. It's important for me, and was important for me in creating the album to acknowledge the extremely strong bond between father and child. At least the one that I have. Mm-hmm. And as I said already in that Deadbeat song, my uh, my ire for those who don't feel the way about their children that I do for mine, because I just can't imagine a more important role in life than parent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, even before the album came out, you were father of the year on social media. Oh, dude! Wow, thanks, man. Um, like, oh, hey. I don't know too many people, like out of my personal friends or people I follow on Instagram or anybody that's as passionate about being a parent as yourself. Thank you, man. That's huge. Like, <clears throat> this is the thing. Day it all changed. Like, I've been telling TJ, you know. By the way, I want to send a public congratulations. I've privately said congrats. He has a. How old is Tyler now? TJ's got a two-month-old son, man, and. Um, <clears throat> And first of all, once again, if I didn't say this on air already, like I have to pay super credit to TJ. I've been recording with him for over 10 years, but he's been my boy for over 20. And to finally, you know, now know him as a dad also and having had him work on this album just before becoming a dad. I can't even know. I don't know. I want to ask you what it feels like for you to. Strange life, bro. Yeah. Strange life, man. Surreal as hell. But uh, best thing ever. Right. That's ever happened, man. Um. You know, it's you can't you can't predict the feeling until it happens. Exactly. To be honest with you, man. Like, and I gotta say, man, definitely you are social media father of the year. <laughs> even because um, that, that even your handle itself is like uh, Melina's father. Right, is the first thing you that's put down. True. That's that's big, man. Like, Thank I don't you, see man. people do that. Really. Yeah, and and thanks, brother. Um, yeah, man, respect. And, and and to your point, you know, I'm just so proud of her. You know what I mean? So, and jeez. It's cool to hear that. You know, I didn't know social media father of the year, but like that's, that's just, just my opinion. Yeah, no, it's just it's no, I that's all I need. But I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate your opinion. Um Yeah, it's like I said, you know, my 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 music has always been very I think it's always been pretty personal and I just shoot from the hip, speak from the heart. And so obviously this time around, um it's more personal than ever. And to mm-hmm. TJ's point, yeah, it is life-changing. That's the whole concept of the album, the title of the album. So you know, there is nothing more important to me or that excites me more than uh, being Melina's dad. And to your point, or to what you said, to your compliment, there is no higher compliment anymore. So now you or anybody for that matter saying, man, you're a great father is heads and shoulders above any you're the dopest MC credit I could ever receive. Definitely. 
it really doesn't matter. Like when I say it doesn't matter, TJ's heard me say this. I've said this about this album. This album for me is equal parts. By the way, if I'm kind of burping during this, it's because uh, my, my dude Tic Tactics hooked me up with a Stella. Let me just uh, let me just cheers you. <laughs> You're not drinking, brother? No. I shouldn't be either, but it's a little bit of a celebration. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know those ones, man. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, I'm always happy to, you know, to receive support and love from my music. It's always a great feeling. I'm very appreciative of the support this record's gotten so far. But there is no compliment like you're a great father. Uh, just just no comparison. And so, you know, yeah. I was about to say this album is equal parts. I don't care what anybody thinks. And I hope everybody loves it, which is two contradicting taint contradicting trains of thought however it is true this is the album that i just really needed to make i needed mm -hmm. it to stay as a gift to melina as part of my legacy is the most important piece of music that's in my catalog and i'm so devoted to its sound and its content yeah. that i don't care what anybody else thinks but at the same time i hope everyone likes it too because it is my favorite record well that's that's exactly it and like i've always identified with your records as a hip-hop fan but this this is the one I would say I've identified with the most as For sure. just a person. And I could I could get that vibe when I was listening to it. I was like, this guy is like not giving a fuck. Like he's rapping for my demographic right now. Right, absolutely. It. You're totally correct. Like he's You're rapping totally to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was my point coming into this. TJ knows we me, him, and Charisma had tons of conversations in this very studio while we were creating it. And it's like, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's not I don't care in the uh, you know boastful kind of um you know like an arrogant kind of way but you're right the demographic of people who are parents and by the way they don't necessarily have to be parents but can at the very least have an appreciation for somebody who's that devoted to his child you don't even have to like hip-hop just just to recognize that as a concept by which music is made yeah is all i was really hoping to do um and at the same time you know like Dear Hip Hop, which was my first record, you know, was released in 96. The entire album um, is all about me never having put out a record before. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the Dear Hip Hop, yeah. every song is about like constipated. I can't wait to drop my shit. Incarceration. I feel like I'm trapped and I want to get out. Like it's yeah. all putting out music <laughs> and I never did it before. Yeah. And so that album is this hungry teenager just dying to get a little bit of credit in this hip hop thing. Well, that was a long time ago. So I can appreciate everything I did on that record. But when you're a 40-something with a five-year-old, you ain't rapping about that anymore. Yeah. And so the demographic that I rap to, I think, grew up with me, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm happy if younger people... Like, I'm, I've been actually really um, impressed that, you know, some younger people really take into this as well, which is great. Yeah. By no means am I cutting off any listener. Like, you're not, don't check my shit if you're in your teens. Of course not. But yes, I definitely think there's a record that can resonate with people mm -hmm. who Completely. are experiencing something similar. So I guess that kind of prompts the next question. Is there, was this the balance of a father figure and a musician? And how was it like finding the balance between the two of this project? Yeah, it was a total balance, but believe it or not, bro, um, pretty easy because I have always literally from, I think the first day I picked up a pen to write raps, I've always written from the heart. Like I, I wanted to mean it. You have never, ever heard a Danny O record bragging about my riches because yep. <laughs> what riches yeah. like it's just I'm just not that guy yep. so I've never been that rapper I know uh, rappers who rap about stuff that's not their life and that's fine if you're into that I'm yeah. not so I've never been that kind of rapper so finding the balance was easy because 
like I like I've said, you know, you sit down to write a record. My albums come to me. They don't. I've never said. I wonder what I should write about. Let me think about it before I make it out. It's just like if I'm in the zone, the zones just happen. You know what I mean? And like uh, you mentioned, Dilla Pickles off air. Someone mentioned Dilla Pickles. Yeah, like. Um, uh, for those who don't know, I have a mixtape out called Dilla Pickles, which is actually now 10 years old and available for free at dannyo.com. Um, all about Jay Dilla and just my love for Jay Dilla and a tribute to Jay Dilla, okay? so Anybody who's listened to this show before who has heard me rant about Dilla needs to check this out. And if you don't know who Dilla is, stop listening now and get away. Um, <laughs> no playing. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Dilla Pickles, I think, is I think is the first project I did in... in its entirety with with TJ at Secret Suburbia. But um, the point of that project that's important for me to raise is I was going through a kind of weird phase of just being disenchanted with hip hop Mm. in general. And like, oh man, you know, like it just, it was changing. Everything was, the industry was changing, how people listen to music, where, what kind of music, everything was changing. And so I think I took a mental hiatus from being an artist, although I never stopped being an artist. And listening to Dilla Beats, just made me want to write rhymes again mm. and I did and one thing led to another and it turned into two, three, four songs and it's like screw it I'm going to do a whole, whole project oh, so so again with that it wasn't like I said I've decided to do a tribute to Dilla it just kind of happened like that's the way I started writing raps again and being a lot more comfortable even as a singer and a rapper doing a project because I was just so influenced by his music so all these years later being a dad I, you know, it, it naturally just, it just ha- like it had to happen. Yeah. Like I just couldn't not do it. So finding the balance was easy because it was just an automatic thing for me to do. I know the answer is going to be both, but if you had yeah. to pick father, like being a father or being an artist, which one oh, came out more? Well, father's definitely the yeah, answer. I know, but I mean, <laughs> at the same time though, because like you said, you always had these concepts coming up. Like you still encompass that same thing. Like you said, as yeah. an artist, still yeah. taking just another concept and turning it into a musical thing. You know, it's interesting because, because, yeah, I mean, to tactics, right? I mean, the, the, the father's the obvious choice, but I've always had to explain, not always had to explain, but I've had to explain certain like women that I've gotten involved with, like me being an artist. I don't know if this sounds corny or whatever, but it's just, it's just who I am. It's not even like I chose to be, I've just always been that guy, man. Like, so being an artist is already me. So really I don't have a choice. I guess a person can choose whether or not to be a father, obviously. Right. Um, but for me, being an artist almost wasn't a choice because I've just, I literally feel like I've lived my whole life knowing this is who I am. And I, and, and everyone who knows me knows this story. Look, Thriller came out when I was five. As they look over to the Michael Jackson uh, uh, frame p- poster that TJ has. I have the same one, actually. Um, that was it. I knew, sin- I knew from then. When Thriller came out, I was five years old. I fell in love with the whole, everything about him. And I knew what I was going to do. And when I was 10 years old is when I realized, okay, I'm not going to be Michael Jackson. I'm going to rap. That's how I'm going to do this. And so there, there is no choice. You know, it's interesting you, the way you phrase the question. I, there really is no choice, bro. I, there's nothing else right, for me to Michael do. Jackson. Yeah, man. Give him the mic. Because this is, okay, so just fun story because TJ and I go back so, so long. Days. So we went, yeah, we went to high school together. And... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong how this, we were at a, it was like a high school dance. Yeah, it was at a high school dance and it was a, like a McDonald's in the mall beside where our high school is. So after the dance, we walked to the McDonald's and we're hanging out there and we're complaining about the dance. I can't remember what I didn't like about it, but TJ goes, man, you played all this 
bullshit music, all this fucking Michael Jackson and shit. <laughs> and I got so pissed. I was like, what? You remember? No, you were Is that how you... you remember it? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you were ahead of your time because I didn't really appreciate. <laughs> I didn't appreciate Michael Jackson as much as I do now. I mean, I liked a couple of his tracks and stuff, but I felt that he was just being overplayed and shit. But at, at that's this, yeah. It's one of those things where like genius is misunderstood. You know, like right. at first I just didn't get the shit. I wasn't old enough to. Yeah, yeah. And I was just I was into other <laughs> stuff. I was into like rock and shit. You you already know. That. Yeah, I think you might have been influenced somewhat by like you know the disco sucks era. Yeah. When it was all like if you yeah. were a rock head, you had to be anti that kind of funk. Right. Um, oh, I just took offense, man. I think I was legit hot, <laughs> and we had a screaming match in McDonald's. Because how dare he? You know. That yeah. So that's pretty funny. Okay, I'll ask you a serious question. Yeah. How did you feel about fire, uh, leaving Neverland? That is a serious question. Um. It's it's it yeah but you know what damn um, it is what it is that exists and it's out there I ha- I'll, I'll put it to you this way this is my first reaction to it when I heard it was coming out there was a lot of Michael Jackson fans saying I'm not even gonna watch it it's bullshit how can they do this they're gonna trying to tarnish his legacy he's not here to defend himself all these things mm-hmm. I was not one of those Michael Jackson fans I was like for me to justify my love for Michael I need to watch this yeah because. I'm a person who uh, who who has to make his own decision. Like we recently voted, right, for, for the Canadian election. Like everyone deserves to. You should form your own opinion, yep. not just what everybody's telling, what not what everybody's telling you, but form your own opinion based on whatever information you receive. You're not going to feel the same way as other people, but at least get more than one side of the story. Did you not put a post up this morning that said who's voting for who? Sway me. Yeah, I knew who I was voting for, <laughs> but I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was just curious what people were going to say, even <laughs> though I was fairly sure who I was voting for. That being said, I wasn't actually sure how I was going to feel watching that documentary. Um, it's it's graphic, it's horrible, it's disgusting, it's the worst thing you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. So the question, as such a major MJ fan, is can I wa- can I finish watching this documentary and automatically believe what these guys are saying? Is there a reason to believe what they're saying is possible? Yes. Or is it fully bullshit? Right. And to be honest with you, I exist somewhere in the middle. Right. It's almost like with me in politics. Like, I'm not all the way one side. I'm mm. definitely a left-leaning dude, mm. but not every single topic. Not every Am issue. I, oh, no. do, I, do I blankly agree with just because it's a... You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. with this, I think, look, there are sketchy things about the way Michael operated, no question. There is also a lot to be said about how he was raised, how he grew up, and what what he was influenced by, the sheltering, the, mm-hmm. the, the demand for him to literally have lived his life in front of the camera, on stage. Is he going to be a different dude? Hell yes. He was a different dude. No one can relate. Yeah. I've, 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 you know, I remember seeing this thing on YouTube where they shut down. Actually, I don't know if they shut it down or if it was after hours, but they opened up a grocery store mm. and filled it with actors and people in Michael's life just so he could get the experience of what it was like to go grocery go shopping because he's never gone to a grocery store. Yeah. I saw this other interview with, I think it was Marlon Jackson, his brother, talking about how he was shopping for records once and um, he saw this old man kind of hobbling throughout each aisle of the record store and uh, when, he, when the old man went up to the... Uh, cashier to pay for his records Marlon went up to him and tapped him on the shoulder and said Michael what are you doing here and Michael said how did you know it was me he's like you're my brother I can all I know it's you <laughs> so he couldn't be you know what I'm saying yeah. like this is a guy who can't even walk across the street what's that so, country he moved to 
the country he moved to? Didn't he move to like some very remote country for a while? MJ? Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, he's got places everywhere. The, the only point that I'm making here is there are two sides to the story. You got for a sure. guy who's unlike any of the rest of us and is going to feel differently about things. You have to remember a few things. The, the, his, his skin issues were confirmed okay, in the autopsy. He legitimately had it. Some people thought he didn't. Apparently, that's where the one glove came from because it started mm-hmm. on his hand and he was hiding it. You have to remember his scalp was burnt in the mid-80s doing yep, that Pepsi that commercial. Pepsi his hair was never the same, so he had to cover it with what I believe ever since has been hair replacements and wigs and stuff. Yeah. You know the hair he had at the end of his life wasn't his. You add to that what he did to himself um, physically by way of um, those surgeries, mm-hmm. whether he was going to blame his skin disorder or whatever on how he changed his face I think a lot of people can look at Michael and go is a weird guy because he does weird things so child molestation has to be on the list of weird things he does I'm not I don't subscribe to that belief I believe that he was so different and odd that a guy who said I didn't really get to experience a childhood I just want to be a kid sometimes and hang out with kids is normal for a guy who thinks that way and is not normal to the rest of us I am one of those guys who goes nah that shit's not normal but he's not normal what it doesn't automatically do is go it's sex that he wanted from these kids Mm. so when you have two guys out of god knows how many coming out years after they said nothing happened you still have to question it so i'm in a position of questioning it not necessarily believing not necessarily not believing but i don't believe that given those several sides of the stories that i just kind of touched upon yeah that i can confirm an exact belief in michael had to have been doing right these kids i i don't know that that's true i lean towards not necessarily believing it i admit some bias in being a fan but i'm a i'm a concrete evidence kind of person for sure and with the many different sides of the story that i know having been a fan following him and watching other things about him this is one side of the story and i don't think it's the whole story i don't know if it's the real story that's yeah. how I feel, right? Yeah, now. again, to the whole court cases, the whole defamation of character and the two people that were, that basically like supplied the knowledge for that, for the documentary. Yeah, I mean, even after leaving Neverland, I, I, I was reading and seeing this thing about how um, some of the facts and the director of that documentary admitted, yeah, some of the facts were incorrect in terms of the timeline. Yeah. Apparently, one of the stories of molestation took place on the train tracks, which didn't exist at the time that this kid actually visited Neverland. Yeah. So it's like really, really interesting to to again you can't just take in knowledge you got to break it down you got to do your research you got to see each side of the story i heard that and i go okay well that's another reason to not nest. listen one of the one of his accusers was a poser he, of his right is this the same one he was a michael jackson impersonator tried to get bro, in on his, his like, entire acting. career is based on michael yeah choreographing michael tributes everything is michael this and michael that everything so apparently he got turned down to choreograph a vegas show that yep. was based on michael what apparently he since? dated michael's niece jackie's daughter Brittany. And she's like, never said a word. He was never like that. He was always an opportunist. Like, geez, you know, like you got, we don't know these guys. We don't know their character. We don't know their their real reasoning. And, and how come they completely defended Michael before? And then, so like I said, I don't know. I'm just put it this way, right? Look at the way the justice system works. Well, all right. Broke, sorry. The, I just want to say yeah. this: the justice system works like this. You get 12 people on a jury, and you get two two opposing, you know, uh, teams uh, uh, arguing a point. And the only re- only thing you need to let a person walk free is a reasonable doubt. 
Yeah. I have all kinds of reasonable doubts. You know what I'm saying? If I'm the jury, I can't convict. He's gone. He's dead and gone. But I can't convict him based on. Yeah. I have way too many doubts. That's all I'm saying. So I've decided, and it's interesting, and it's a fair question since I brought him up, that where I'm at with my love for his music and the way his music influenced me and him as a pop star, as a live performer, as a maker of music videos, I still think the greatest entertainer of all time. That's my opinion. <laughs> still. Pretty fair. <laughs> That's the most intelligent answer I've heard to that question. <laughs> TJ. Can I ask, can I ask you a question? not going to be the most intelligent question, but the... Um, if you found out that he, I, like, you know, there was yeah, that he was he was doing these kids, yeah, would you stop listening to their music? That's a great question because I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've thought about it a bunch of times, and it's a and it's a fair question. Um, it is a, one that I don't know if I know the answer to mm. because. Yes, I'd be completely disgusted, turned off. Again, half of this interview is about me being a father. If anything ever were to happen to my daughter, there's yeah. nothing but murder for the person who did it. Like, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. is the mindset of a loving Changes now. parent. And if, and if it was factual evidence, whatever that may be, that was like, say, video, whatever, you know, like, oh, he for sure did it. Yep. It changes a hell of a lot about my impression of him. Would I be taking that poster off of my wall at home? Probably. I mean, how I couldn't in good conscience keep it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So TJ asked a good question. Um, the music, I'm sure it'll, the same way I said, oh, my music's going to affect you differently now that you're a dad. It's a little bit different, right? Yep. How would his music, how would his, uh, I be affected by his music if, to your point, it was all official? I don't know. Could I listen to Billie Jean the same? Thriller the same? I, I don't know. I still feel like the music itself would be great. Yeah. How I'd feel about it would probably change. And it's a good question because I actually don't know. I, it would change. It would change for sure. I, I don't I don't think I could. If, I wouldn't feel the same about it. I don't know for sure I'd be burning the records. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? But damn, um, it would change. Yeah, that's a scary thought actually. Because we're not just talking about like listening to music. Like, I, as I said, I credit the dude for making me a, a musician. Like, Thriller made me do. I, Thriller made me know what I was gonna do with the rest of my life. So it's pretty crazy. I remember in the '90s, I was I I was a big fan of Oasis, right? Okay. And like, I found out how much like how they were really like they were pricks. Like they were total pricks. Right. And that made me not want to listen to their shit. Anymore. Right. Right. And I kind of, I was kind of torn about that. So that's why I asked you about the Michael Jackson. Thing. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a tough one because we're still speaking in somewhat hypotheticals. But I do hear you because I, I do believe you can be impacted by an artist's personality. If I know, like Kanye, for example, right? I've, I've especially his first four or five albums, super huge Kanye fan. And I am less a fan of the person based on just what I keep seeing yeah. than I am his music. And it makes me want to check for Kanye. his... Yeah, but like, to be fair, just things he's done and said are like yeah. so fucking like, guy, it, it makes me want to check for his music less. That doesn't mean today? it's not good. Yeah, his new album's dropping. No, he's... Uh... Oh, okay. Considering what quitting rap because it's the devil's music. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's discuss. Because that's, I'm glad you laughed. That is hilarious. His new album is called Jesus. This is what's funny about Kanye. You just have to, you have to, you have to. This is what I'm talking about. 
yo, and 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 look, man, like real talk, bro. The new flip flops look like jail slippers. It's interesting you use the word flip flop. That's what he does. He flip flops. He has an album called Jesus, which puts himself as a as a Jesus Messiah Savior character. But now Jesus is King. It's like he's refound this sense of, and I haven't heard the record to know exactly if it's a definitive, literal concept. Like, has he gone back to the like Jesus walks, talking about? Is it almost gospel vibe? This album, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard, heard it. Either. But let's suppose, and he's doing these Sunday service things. So let's mm-hmm. suppose that Jesus is King. Again, we're speaking from no, no no one in this room has heard it yet. And it's literally like praising God. He's found his Christian heritage again or what his roots or whatever. Yeah. Fine. Okay. And at the same time, this is still the guy who is wearing the MAGA hat and all that kind of crap. <laughs> and now going so, which a lot of people for, for sensible reasons felt like, man, what a betrayal of your own culture. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to quote if this is true, I've just heard this for the first time, leave rap because it's the devil's music. What does that say about hip hop culture, black culture, and the history of our music? Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, if again, this goes back to the Michael thing, like, I don't know, can't confirm, Tic Tactic just told me, I don't know for sure, but if I, you know, and again, I would be like, I'm going to find out for myself if Kanye said this shit. I'd be like, fuck this guy, man. Yeah, like, and I mean, it's, dumped, come on, man. And it's it's kind come of a on, repeat. Bro. Like you could go, you could hit rewind for forty years, and someone's saying the same thing about rock and roll. Of or course, Ozzy Osbourne <clears throat> or whatever, right? Did Ozzy say that? No, because <laughs> Ozzy would be the no. But they, they would say that about his about music. him exactly. Yeah, right. you wouldn't say like, oh, uh, Sharon, uh, I think I'm going to drop out today because I'm making the devil's music. Yeah, I think TJ's right though. I think Kanye has positioned himself as a as a publicity stunt guy. I don't know that to be a fact. I just here's the thing: we all does, are allowed to have opinions about shit. So whether he's doing it for publicity or not, whether he means it or not, whether he's genuine or not, my opinion when I hear or see certain things is this guy's a fucking goof. So <laughs> it's impactful in the way that I feel about him yeah. as a fan because I'll be the first to say that I bumped the hell out of his first few albums yep. and he's crazy talented. I don't care what anybody says, the guy's talented, yep. right? Like, you know, so damn, <laughs> you know, like it, to TJ's point about Michael, would I stop listening? Like, well, it wouldn't deny, it, it wouldn't do nothing to, uh, to see, it does nothing about the, how talented he was when he existed. Yeah. But it changes your feelings Perception, about this yeah. person and can you listen to his music anymore? So I've I've not paid as close attention to Kanye as I would have in recent years, just mm-hmm. to be honest. I'm curious about this album. Yeah. Definitely. No question. But my, oh, I can't wait for it to dry. I see people online today. I can't wait for it to dry. I can wait. Whenever it drops, it drops. Little peep, I don't know. Hey, man. And listen, this is me. I'm not even trying to judge either. That's another mm-hmm. thing. We're not, I'm not trying to judge, but like to the point of the, some of your earlier questions, like I, I'm just so on my dad grind yep. and on my soulful funk hip hop music that I love so much I hear that, that I don't get very distracted by bullshit. Yep. You know, like a lot of people promoting artists out with, with new records. I don't listen to a lot of stuff. I, li- I do listen to a lot of other stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like... Listen, a lot of new stuff too. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I dig Lil Brother a lot. Like, oh, I, I love new album is fantastic. That's probably my favorite hip hop album of the year so far, except for the date. I'll change. And um, <laughs> no, but you know, I'm just saying. And 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 like, okay, like I'll bring up Little Brother. Like that album. You talked about relatable earlier. Like 
hella relatable. Yeah. Beautiful, soulful, funky. Like this is if you're if you're listen, man, if you've been listening to music or you've been into music, you you seem crazy young um unlearn over here but like if you're if you're like in you know hitting 40s and stuff you grew up with certain kinds of music that i almost feel should dictate you not listening to bullshit like if you're a yes. grown up if you're a grown up you know what i'm saying like so who was it someone said to me the other day you know people need to dress their age you know when you see someone older wearing something that a kid would wear. you know it's like yeah that's kind of weird like listen I'm 36 with the straight ball cap yeah, you feel me? Yeah. No, but I'm saying no. Like, <laughs> no, I don't even look at it that way. Like, I just, I just think like, fucking, you know when they say act your age? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Listen for your age. You know, same thing. Like, yeah. stop. Li- you're too grown for this shit, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's, I don't do this often. I'm gonna put you onto an album that you'll like. Okay. It's called "At the End of the Day" by Dax Flow. Okay. Uh, Dax Flow. He's one of the king of the dot judges. Oh yes, yes, yes. Of course. Um, He's uh, he's living in Whippy now, and he's just put out an album called At the End of the Day. Dope. And it is fucking fire. I'll, I will take your recommendation. It's it's I'll incredible. It. And that's the thing, you know, what's beautiful about like this new age. It's funny. This new album has helped me market and push my record in ways I'd never even thought about, man. Meaning, I've had to learn over the past several years the way that the digital streaming world works. Like I'm before when we were off air, we were talking about how tech savvy I'm not. Okay, so trust me, it took a while for me to get it. Like I'm still a guy who has CDs in my car trunk, but I'm also a guy who's finally learned. Like, okay, number one streaming platform apparently is Spotify. How do I use Spotify, dude? Only a week ago did I learn how to utilize Spotify for artists to create stories on Facebook and Instagram. Like, shit, dude, I've never done this before. I keep waiting till the album drops and trying to get people to buy it. So learning this industry <laughs> and learning this, or relearning, not unlearning, but, re- but relearning this game uh, was necessary for me. Excuse me. And I had to do it with this record. And so now I really love the fact that you can give me a recommendation like that. And I know I can hear the full album. You know what I'm saying? Like in no time. I, I think that's a, it's it's a great you know, thing. It's done. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. You know the uh, Spotify uh, has a feature where you can um, modify your songs and then re-upload. I've heard about that. I I have, like still retain the the, the, the streams. The streams. Yeah. I've heard about that. I have no. Back to I don't know how to Kanye, do it. Apparently, he was one of the first. Yes, that's to true. Continuously I heard about that. updated shit. So that's that's interesting. I don't know what what do you think about that shit. That's that's a good question too, Teach. Uh, you should do more interviews, bro. Fuck. This nigga does it all. That's a great question. I'm going to give you my initial answer. I think artists need to step their game up. And this is what I mean. TJ knows this firsthand cuz we did this for the past couple of years. I was meticulously work, like fine-tooth combing every song for this album. Ask Teej. Sometimes I'd come in here. I'm like, I need to change a word in the second verse. You know what I mean? A word. Like I would. Mm-hmm. We perfect the mixing. We went back and forth between the three of us, charisma included, to make it perfect, so that I could finally say, "This is the album, the way I want it, from top to finish." That's when it comes out. We did not rush this. We made it great, not quick. Mm-hmm. So if you've put out music, Kanye or anybody else, and it's not how you like it. You've put it out too early and continuing to modify it when it's already been released to the public, I think is kind of whack. That's my initial response. Uh, just on that off note for then uh, listeners that haven't heard the CD, how long did it take you to from start to finish create the project? Uh, I want to say two years approximately. 
um, from like initial, like this is what I'm going to do, starting to go through pre-production with Charisma. Um, I don't, I'm not sure when the first song is that I recorded with TJ, but I'm going to say approximately two years. Okay. Which, to be honest, is probably one of my quicker albums. Right. <laughs> to be honest. Um, was it? The Deadbeat Diss Track? I'm actually not exactly sure. I'd have to go through it. But um, but yeah, man. And like I said, that two years, that's part of what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. we'd come back in here for mixes. Sometimes, I don't know, two or three times for one song just to make sure, you know? Or we'd do something and then, ah, I don't think I like it anymore. Like, sometimes we'd over-listen to a song and I'd leave the studio. Remember, we? I think we did Family Stays and I left once. I'm like, yo, we we, we did the chorus too many times that they, like, it, 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 we did a third yeah. pass. I'm like, why did we do a third? I didn't want that to, like... Because we spent, we put effort, man. Yeah. And I believe, like, we're professional musicians, man. We've been doing this for two decades plus. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to say that if I hear a mistake now, today, a couple of weeks after the album is out, so be it. Yeah. Because that's the finished product. And, and sometimes there are mistakes. Like, 